I'm trying to check levels. Jesse, can you talk again? Is uh, it recording? Ass and titties, ass, ass and titties. Ass and titties, ass, ass and titties, titties, ass and titties, ass, ass and titties. Keep going. Ass and titties, ass, ass and titties, chicka, titties. Chicka. <laughs> <laughs> listening to the good the bad and the funny the podcast where every week we tell three stories one good one bad and one funny i'm your host jesse mcintyre and a bad fact about me is i can't poop in public restrooms that is really bad it's it sucks i because i also have ibs so sometimes i really gotta poop and i just have to plan my day around uh, having to poop what about if you're camping or if you're like on a trip and you're like in a hotel or like something? Gun to, well, uh, if I'm in a hotel, that's different. Like that's a private restroom. I have gone like camping at primitive sites that just have like a hole in the ground mm. and, and it sucks. Like I try and take some Imodium before I, so I only have to poop maybe once while I'm there and it's not good. A couple things. Mm. One, um, it's it's kind of like childbirth. Like you may want to control where you do it, but at a certain point, it's just it's, it's gonna coming. come out. It's yeah. gonna come uh, <laughs> out your booty hole. So, <laughs> so um, that's not where babies come from, Lynette. So, How would you know? You've never had one. I'm pretty sure I've. <laughs> that's not where babies come from. So so you know, there's 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 that. Uh, it, that in, like although you have the anxiety of it, like it's gonna happen regardless eventually. But two, that is also my least favorite thing about you because we'll be out like doing comedy somewhere or like at a social event that I drive you to, and you're like, "Oh, it's time for me to go home. <laughs> I have to poop," and then I'll be like, "Oh, I guess I just have to fucking." wrap everything up because jesse has the fucking shit i mean you also do have the option of running me home real quick sitting in the driveway for like five minutes while i take it is dump. not five minutes i cannot believe you said i that. have a I medical believe you said condition that. i cannot believe a you said medical five minutes. condition okay this violates the ada this is my workplace and, <laughs> i cannot believe you said i'm five calling minutes. fucking hr also like where are you guys eight. at that's not a 30 minute drive from your house Jesse's. I mean, it's generally it, exactly. It's generally like a pretty substantial drive, and yeah, I think it's some bullshit on tests and stuff. So anyway, I'm in this. I'm in this group, and often in this group, they'll they will like post like children beauty contest campaigns where you can like like to vote for a winner, and they'll say. Uh, They'll say like, you know what to do, like run up the numbers for any little black child. And then and then the people in this group will like go in and like run up the numbers for any any black kid. But the the adverse and very funny effect of that is is that um 
I find myself scrolling through these images and I'll get to like vaguely like vaguely ethnic kids and I'll be like, ooh, are you black? And that's kind of fucking disgusting. And I find myself, so I stopped doing it because it just kind of ended up being like an exercise in phrenology. And even in the results of the, like the, so even when you like scroll through all of the comments, they'll be like, this lily blonde, you know, like this, this like lily white blonde child, they'll have like maybe like uh, a thousand likes. And then there'll be like a Hispanic kid that gets like 4,000. And then these, and then like black kids that get like 6,000, right? Mm. But even like, like the progression of the numbers is like, it makes me feel so fucking icky. And although I do believe that we do need to show more support like as a as a black person and as a once black female child nobody is rooting for you and that fucking sucks you know and so i do believe that we need to just like show love and support for this community but i also don't like the idea that i'm looking at pictures of children and being like oh what's that skull shape how's that nose looking is that actually a negro child so i had to stop doing those yikes yeah that was loaded hey stacy <laughs> do you want to do your intro yeah okay <laughs> okay i'm your other other host stacy stark and a good fact about me is um so i uh work for instacart and as often as possible i use paper bags instead of plastic i i have something didn't you signed a thing very specifically saying you do not work for Instacart. I just want to clarify. <laughs> you are a, I am an independent contractor. Yes, you are contracted by Instacart. With Instacart. Yes. <laughs> and that was a good fact? Because I, I no, because I, I use paper bag. Let me tell you a tale. All right, we're going to play this this clip. It's uh it's pretty famous. And we're going to talk about it a little bit, okay? Okay. All right, let's do it. Hopefully I've heard it before. You know what? Famous. Honestly, I don't I don't know if you've heard this before. Are you guys ready? Look it up yourself. I mean, this is what they're... What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. And I'm not saying people didn't naturally have homosexual feelings. I'm not even getting into it, quite frankly. I mean, give me a break. You think I... Because I'm like those shocked by it, so that they're bashing it because I don't like gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Okay, I do know about the gay frogs. So I do. I want to talk about this. Isn't this story isn't even about Alex Jones? But that oh. clip came out, and to a lot of you know hilarity, memes, and ridicule for Alex Jones, um, because Alex Jones is a ludicrous fucking man, right? Um, however, would it surprise you to say he was low-key kind of right, though? I hate you so About much. turning I the frogs gay? Turning the friggin' frogs gay. Okay. Wait, how could frogs be gay? Aren't they like a self-perpetuating species? So here's the interesting thing about that. That is a lie. Wait, okay, first of all, we're all self-perpetuating species. But I mean, like, don't they not need a male and a female? They, that's absolutely not true. It is a lie told by Jurassic Park to basically make up the, like, why dinosaurs were able to come back to life. 
Like that that is absolutely not true. I mean, I've not I've only seen that movie once and I don't remember that it. That is so. but that is why that that is why that is a common belief. It's okay. because it's because of Jurassic but Park. Um that was that literally is is only popular because in Jurassic Park they were trying to basically create a scientific explanation for how they were able to uh, have um, dinosaurs reproduce based on the specimens that they had. And so they said in in there that um, they introduced the dinosaur uh, specimens, like the dinosaur biologic, like the genome to frog genome, which is hermaphroditic, but that is not true. Okay, so we played this Alex Jones clip. It became fucking like popular because it's fucking hilarious. And it's not even like it's just funny because of what he said, because Alex Jones says a lot of crazy things. But it's also pretty funny because his what he does, like after he says it, like, like you think I'm against gay people. It's not just because they're gay. You think I'm like, Ugh, not gay people. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. And then he goes, whoa, whoa, <laughs> like <laughs> bangs on his table. And it's funny. It's very funny. <laughs> and and so be, because he's such an outlandish characters and it's such a, it, it's such a memeable, you know, clip, um, it gained a lot of traction. But because it gained a lot of traction and it was Alex Jones, you know, um, people believe that it was just some other nonsense conspiracy theory Alex Jones was touting. So let's talk about um, the pesticide, the chemical in in a pesticide. Uh, The chemical is called atrazine. So atrazine is a pesticide used in corn. Um, It's gets into the water supply uh, because of runoff and 33 million Americans have been have ingested atrazine um, mm, according it, to studies including me yes probably oh um, that makes so much sense is oh that God. why I'm gay yes in 2003 actually that wouldn't be the reason you're gay because we'll talk about that in a is second. it the reason why poppy's gay yes uh, in, in 2003, um, atrazine was banned in the EU uh, due to a potential uh, carcinogen, uh, due to being a potential carcinogen, and um, because it's a known endocrine disruptor. Now, if you don't know anything about endocrinology, endocrinology is the, is the, um, is the study of hormones um, and basically, like, hormones effect on the body and like effect on gender or gender in relation to hormones um, is what endocrinology is. It's the endocrine system. Cool. Um, So it's a known uh, endocrine disruptor. It's also uh, linked, uh, astrazine is also linked to uh, endocrine disruption in frogs, uh, which create, it creates a high, high levels of estrogen um, it create it uh, makes frog develop uh, frogs develop feminine uh, organs uh, in males and have hermaphroditism and sex changes uh, in very low doses in, in very low doses. Hmm. So the whole Alex Jones clip 
the frogs aren't turning gay. They're turning trans. They're turning trans or into hermaphrodites. Mm-hmm. There's there's a great clip where a scientist that researches this uh, that we'll talk about in length. This is kind of his story, but but he is he's like kind of uh, talking to a class about this whole thing. He shows a picture of this frog, and he's like, you know, and the, this frog has been exposed to atrazine, and um, we see that this frog has a pair of testes. Okay. Uh, he also has, um, he's also like developing eggs over here. And we see like he has like, you know, like a, like, like a uterus over here. Mm. And then over here he has another set of testes. And then we see another egg sac like over here. And, and it's very funny to me. The scientist was like, he has like a whole party going on. Um, <laughs> He doesn't even need to leave the house to reproduce. <laughs> so wait, question. Frogs, male frogs have penises and balls? No, yeah. that's that's not that's not necessarily how frog reproduction occur. Like I'm not entirely sure if they have like full on penises, but like there's different uh, genitalia in every like you know in most species of animals like only mostly mammals have like a dick and and balls but they do (laughs) have like female and male reproductive organs okay so we're just gonna keep it to that base knowledge like like uh if you see frogs reproduce they do kind of do like a whole like topsy-turvy any outy thing but i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't know if it's like you know like ducks have like a corkscrew like there's yeah. different types of animal genitalia i'm so. gonna look this up right now i'm gonna google frog penis go right ahead all right you can go on with your story i'm listening all right so let's talk about tyrone hayes tyrone hayes is the is the scientist that started investigating this whole thing and who this whole who came out with the studies about all of this and i'm just gonna send uh some pictures to the group chat real quick because tyrone hayes is the cutest most wonderful black man i've ever seen in my entire life so there's just a lot of pornographic frog oh did you not get the information you wanted from your (laughs) random google search of frog dick uh but I think I, I have... Is this, are, frog rule 34, is this what we're talking about right now? I think now? I have an idea of what it might actually be. Okay. I don't like that. Put it in the group <laughs> chat. I actually don't. Like, that's a thumbnail for the video. Okay. For the podcast. It's not a video podcast. It's more like a bee stinger type shape. You know what I mean? Like, mm. pointed. Yeah. I think. Is that... Anyway, look at the images that I sent you. Oh, is it a frog penis? No. Oh. Dumb cunt. It's Tyrone Hayes. He is dressed like a pastor. Um, No, he's just a very flamboyant dude. When I first watched the documentary about him, like, like probably like a year or so ago, I thought he was gay, but he's not gay. But he often wears nail polish and fake nails. He has like a George Michael cross earring that he sometimes like dangly earrings he wears. Sounds gay to me. And but he's married and he has a like a 17 year old son. He's just a gay man isn't. He's just a gender bit. He's just a, like, here's, here's the thing. He's an endocrinologist. And this is what I appreciate even more is that he's an endocrinologist. So he truly understands the 
fuckery of like sex and gender and hormones and whatever. Man, it's and almost I, like gender's a construct. I love that he's like a scientist who understands all of this and then mm-hmm. chooses to be whoever the fuck he wants to be, you yeah. know, irregardless of societal standards. But let's get back to the story. So Tyrone Hayes is um, an endocrinologist. Um, uh, he's very well respected. He, in his early career, developed a test to detect hormonal disruption in various things. In the early 2000s, he was hired by a company named Syngenta. Syngenta manufactures, has a patent for, and distributes atrazine. So they hired him to conduct studies to see, to research the effects of atrazine on wildlife, specifically wildlife's endocrine system and hormones. So they they hired him. Syngenta hired this man. Okay. Okay. Hayes did research, uh, which he which he uh, made public in 2002. He noted that 80 percent of the frogs that he ex- that were exposed to atri- atrazine uh, through the entirety of their life. So all of these frogs that he like created studies for, he basically set up these studies to expose them to the doses of atrazine that they that were common within the water supply around you know like just that the plants produce their runoff in so like so he uh exposed these frogs to atrazine at low doses common in the environment and um he noted that in 80 percent of the frogs exposed uh they had decreased larynxes which is Adam's apples. And 20% of these frogs developed hermaphroditism. Okay. So when he came out with this first round of studies, um, after he came out with his studies that like Syngenta paid him to make, Syngenta Syngenta, um, received that research and immediately were like, well, this isn't favorable to us. So they reduced his funding. Uh, they nitpicked the data and refused to share his results with the EPA. I'm shocked. Uh, they said that further testing was needed as well. Man, this is really fucked up. That's super fucked up. Yeah, it is super fucked up because they paid him to do it. Like if you didn't want that nigga to, yeah, if you didn't, if you didn't want the result, yeah, why, why did ask you? the questions? But if you we'll, didn't want the answer, why but, ask the questions? But we'll get to that. Uh, so. <laughs> Eventually, they asked Hayes to like manipulate the data that he came that that he came up with, and he refused to do so. So he uh, he refused to do so and said he was quitting the Syngenta project or whatever. Wait, he refused to do what? They asked. He refused to lie and manipulate yeah, the data. Syngenta asked him to manipulate the his results and manipulate the data. Essentially to, to lie about his findings. Oh, yeah. so that they could keep doing whatever they exactly. want. Exactly. Um, and he refused and said he was going to quit. So then they offered him $2 million for him to stay on. <laughs> God damn. He took and, it, right? And manipulate the data. And he said, no, you, oh. I won't oh. do that. And he left Syngenta. We'll get to this too. Like, I honestly, I just want y'all to listen to the story because I think after that, we can have a very robust conversation about all of this because 
that fucking factors into everything that happens. Okay, so Tyrone found funding on his own to continue doing his research and study this. When he he found this funding, continued to do the research, and was published, and two uh, he had two of his studies about this published. One in the PNAS, which is like the penis prolific national association of sciences which is a very like prestigious scientific journal it takes a lot to get published in this journal Mm. because this journal is not only is it like um like most most science journals have like a standard they won't publish your studies unless you meet rigorous standards but this particular journal only publishes things in in niche fields of science so this falls underneath that and um and makes you makes your makes like two scientific bodies review and wow basically critique your studies before they will even consider you mm, to make sure the methodology is sound and all correct. that correct and also you 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 as a scientist in your study has to be has to be like given a nod for it even to be reviewed for them to publish by Damn. someone on their board. It's super rigorous. So you already have to be on somebody's radar Correct. to even Okay. And, and not not just on someone's radar, but you have to be but you have to be like a known respected scientist already you already have to, to have meet this cred. board okay. of approval so it was it was it was approved in that and notably it was it, it, he another study of his was published in nature and nature damn is a super well-known very much like highly regarded science journal that comes out of the UK. europe and that's, That's where like, they fucking banned the goddamn, you know, astrazine, sure. atrazine from from being produced. And it's probably because of Tyrone that it was banned in the UK because they took his studies seriously. Um, and I know that these two studies were were picked up in these journals because people try to discredit Tyrone Hayes's work. But. And say like, oh, you know, like you bought your way into publishing these studies. You can't buy but your way into nature. Literally, no way. This American scientist who works at Berkeley can buy his way into influencing nature. They're like the uh, your the, or PNAS, the, the English but, equivalent of of science. I mean, correct. they're like they're a big fucking deal. Correct. So there's no way that, that like that could be the case. But his detractors say that that is the case. And that's why I bring it up. After he publishes his studies, Syngenta retaliates uh, by funding their own studies and made a press release denying Hayes' claims and stating that his science, uh, his results could not be replicated. And although independent studies, which there were like dozens of at the time, backed up Hayes' claims that... Atrazine literally has endocrine endocrine disrupting effects. Not only like so like Hayes studied it in frogs just to 
have a good basis. Frogs and amphibians, but spe- specifically fo- frogs, have a good um, baseline to extrapolate research upon because they share a lot of traits with varying animals. Right. That was a branching. That was like a main branch for the endocrine system. Correct. So like you can cover, you know, reptiles and da da da. And you can also cover like mammals Mm -hmm. and like they, they just represent, they just have a makeup that represents a, like a huge swath of the animal kingdom. And so that's why dude started with, with frogs. But anyway, uh, in the replicating tests, not all of them were done on frogs. Like there was one that was done on, um, I think it's called like large head swallows. <laughs> and uh, I had a large head swallow once and it was great. <laughs> no, I, it wasn't. It I wasn't had large it once and it was terrible. It wasn't <laughs> large head swallow. <laughs> I'm sorry, repeat what you said that. It wasn't large head swallows, it was large head minnows. Oh, well that's not as good. Cool. But it was funnier as large head swallows, yeah. so I'll <laughs> I'll cut out the rest of it. Perfect. Well, the inaccuracy was way funnier. Thank um, you. You're welcome. So, uh, it, it was done on several types of creatures, some of these other studies. All of these studies found that it was an endocrine disruptor and increased the estrogen levels in various, you know, groups of wildlife, which is a problem. So like, okay, let's get into the weeds of like why this is an issue. It's an issue because one, you kind of want to remain this, like most of the time you want to remain the sex that you were at birth and it's weird if your genitals change halfway through and except for when it's not but most of the time but you not not when not when you choose to change your genitals when apropos of nothing your genitals just change genitals just change and and also it we live in an ecosystems there's various ecosystems so it is disruptive to an ecosystem if there is a bunch of atrazine being dumped in your into the water supply and all of the fish for okay so all of the male fish are are becoming female but all of the female fish are also becoming infertile like excessive levels of estrogen estrogen develop like reproductive organs in women or whatever but the other thing that it does is why we use birth control is it stops reproduction if you have elevated levels of estrogen it cancels reproduction so so like is that what's in birth control that is yeah that's what birth control is so like in in females estrogen and it's like going through fucking menopause or whatever. Like it stops you from being reproductive, the level of it. But like if you take like, you know, like a male and you give them estrogen, then it, you know, creates like feminizing properties. And it can also why, grow like, a uterus and eggs. It can't, it cannot necessarily all the time grow a uterine and eggs but like if you look at uh, uh, individuals who are hermaphrodites, their levels are off. There's like there's a balance in your DNA 
and to make things possible, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you see someone with hermaphroditism, um, their male to female hormones are just at such a place that they have both sex hormone, like sex um, organs. Organs. Thank you. It, it, that doesn't say that doesn't mean to say that in like if humans are introduced through at <laughs> atrazine? To, atrazine. If humans are introduced to atrazine, that they will actually just become hermaphrodites. But they may. Yeah, it's worrying. They uh, may. It, it, we should maybe pause uh, use on atrazine until we know for sure. Or until we all sign a petition saying we're okay with becoming hermaphrodites. Exactly. Which is what I think everybody would agree with. I, I too, think that. Until then, until such a time, you know. Um, Okay, so so back to this. Um, So, like I said, independent studies in various kinds of species backed Hayes' claims that that this is happening. So, back to the EPA. After Hayes, like his research was public was was published in these two other journals uh the epa stated an agenda saying that they would study this effect right Mm -hmm. um in 2003, the EPA gather all of the studies and create an advisory co- committee to review the data available and make a recommendation on on the status. So the EPA gathered 17 studies in their like, like initial round of studying this. They gathered 17 studies. 12 of these studies that they actually gathered, this is not... All of the studies that were done. This is just 12 studies the EPA decided to pull. Uh, or I'm sorry, it was 17 studies the EPA decided to pull. 12 of those were funded by Syngenta themselves. Huh. However, only two of the studies they pulled uh, found no adverse effects. On, so even on, the studies. Even the studies that, that Syngenta funded themselves the majority of the studies that they had funded themselves found that there was an adverse effect on atrazine in the hormones of wildlife right the AP, the epa after gathering all of these studies and um doing like an internal review stated that they found sufficient evidence to create a a hypothesis stating that atrazine has an effect but there is no clear data to make a, an actual determination, which is bullshit. So they, that that's where th- we're th- not even is, into the fuckery yet. Like this, oh. the fuckery has not begun. The fuckery has literally not begun because because in theory, well, uh, in, hold on. In when, they, theory, when they tried to pay that man two million dollars, that was a smidge of. But fuckery. that's not the. This is the EPA. We're talking about this company internally trying to pay him off. To not publish his finding and hit and gum up the yeah, but the they definitely have their their fucking fingers in the EPA. We'll get yeah, to dirty. it. I'm sorry. I'm God sorry. damn, let me tell the damn story, I'm sorry. and then we I'm... will fucking talk about it. Ugh. Okay, so the EPA basically said we're not like th- there is sufficient evidence in all of these in these 17 studies to create a hypothesis to say, hey, maybe. There is like atrazine is like fucking up the endocrine systems of things, mm-hmm. but there's not enough evidence to say de- like make a determination 
that it is and it needs to be pulled off the market. That's nonsense, but it's not uncommon for the EPA because what the EPA does is it's controlled by lobbyists. So what they do, if somebody if somebody um, comes up with like comes out with science that is like, hey, this thing is fucking up the environment or fucking up health or whatever, they will often say shit like, yeah, maybe, but we can't really determine that more studies need to be done just to give corporations and lobbyists enough time to come up with a good enough rebuttal to make it so that it's not a problem. You know, Smoking I mean? might cause cancer, but it looks dope as fuck. Exactly. It feels really good, too. So, okay, so they said um, that additional research needs to be done. Specifically, additional research to replicate the exact, like, uh, replicate exactly Hayes' findings, which is a little bananas. Because, like, Hayes was, like, you know, studying frogs. So, like, mm -hmm. if so, if another laboratory mm -hmm. wanted to do this research, say this laboratory had a lot of um, information on fish or had a lot of information on birds or whatever, mm -hmm. they could not necessarily replicate what Hayes did because Hayes focused on frogs for his research. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like. The idea that they need to specifically replicate Hayes' findings for the EPA to find that there is an issue here is fuckery. Like, absolute fuckery. Yeah, because, like, a fucking uh, burb, right, doesn't necessarily share a similar endocrine system to a fucking frog, but so, a person might. But a person might, and also... If they found evidence of endocrine disruption in a bird or in a fucking, I don't know, moose or whatever, <laughs> like, but like that can, can, that should be taken into account to like represent like a pattern in all of these things that we've researched. There's been endocrine disruption, which might further indicate this. issues with humans. Absolutely. But, you know. Um, they said that they needed to particularly like replicate Hayes' studies in order to be taken seriously and to be reviewed by uh, by the EPA. They relied they then relied on Syngenta themselves to conduct their own studies <laughs> for for this uh, disruption. Um, in comes Jim Tozy. Jim Tozy was an old... Great name. I know. It really is good. It really is good. Very like, whimsical. Like, whimsical. It's like, it's like Roger Stone. He's a piece of shit, though. Uh. It's whimsical in the way that it's like an old-timey, an old-timey book meant for propaganda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old Jim Tozy. He, he got the Jews out of Europe. <laughs> Old Jim Tozy. That's you know, why we, we celebrate Jim Tozy yeah, Day. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, um, Jim Tozy was a lawyer and a lobbyist. Um, and was a lobbyist for the cigarette industry. 
Son of a bitch. And Jim Tozy created an a writer um in in uh EPA regulatory legal bullshit. He created a writer called the Data Quality Act. It was just two sentences. And basically it stated the first sentence stated like basically the whole the whole thing is Can you wait hold up? To- Can you explain what a writer is? Like a writer is like an addendum. So like an addendum to a legal like. Uh, like if Congress were trying to pass a bill. Correct. Like a, like a writer is saying like, the, like this is the language of this bill. But note in the corner that there's an addendum here. This needs to be um, adhered to. This writer needs to be adhered to um, when it comes to to this fucking bill. And if this writer is not adhered to, or this, the language of this, or these the specifications of this writer are not adhered to, then all of this is bullshit, right? Like, people tack on those kinds of things basically to gum up whatever fucking legislation is going through. Mm-hmm. So the, the, um, the Data Quality Act was a writer that Jim Tozy uh, authored that basically said that there needs to be standardized practices for tests done by regulatory bodies. So, like, every single test that is, or every single, like, bit of research a scientist goes into to regulate, to, you know, come up with, like, um, research data to regulate something with the EPA or whatever, they all they all have to follow the same standardized test method, which is in science not a Necessi- bad yeah, thing. Yeah, for sure. But in, in practice, but in science, that's already accounted for. Yeah, there are very st- stringent, like uh, in science, and it's and like all- built within the culture. Jim Tozy created the the uh the data quality act and <laughs> citing the data quality act he um specifically for this case of uh of um um of atrazine he he fucking comes in why is he still alive i don't fucking know i just feel like you don't get to lobby for tobacco and also lobby for pesticides like mm. just die dude just die, but it, whatever. Yeah. So, um, so he comes in and citing the Data Quality Act, create it says that the any research done, and you know for atrazine has to follow good laboratory practices, which is basically a standardized method of laboratory research. Oh. So the EPA let Syngenta create the guidelines for the good laboratory practices. And those guidelines were basically... Kind of like how anti-abortion advocates got to create the guidelines for abortion clinics. Exactly. So, so like, those mm. guidelines basically said that... Uh, okay, so they were able to create... They were able to create them, and then um, there was a scientist interviewed that said... That noted that... Even if a lab follows good labor or good uh, lab practices, following the guidelines to the T, garbage science can still 
come out of that because the good lab practices don't they're saying that all of your equipment needs to be this equipment all of your all of your you know you need to have this many um um test subjects you need to like you know your sample size needs to be this big but it's not actually asking you to be rigorous in the actual science in the questions that you use and the hypotheses that you create it's not actually asking like it's not holding Ask, it's you not, to a higher standard of scientific data it's that's not, not what it's doing it's not asking you to adhere to the scientific method absolutely not it's just it's just saying that you need to I, I did this test exactly this way. You have to do this test exactly, exactly this way, right? Okay. So the EPA says that all studies that aren't following these guide, guidelines that they, again, let Syngenta author, um, those studies cannot be considered in their, in, in their final like decision about atrazine, right? Um, so basically they were going to throw out all these other studies. So all but one study in all of the studies that were done about Syngenta, all of these 17 studies that they took into account, all but one study was thrown out. And the one study that wasn't thrown out obviously said, hey, there's no link. There's no adverse effect with atrazine and, um, you know, and, uh, and the endocrine system. Um, all of the studies, like, so because, like, all of those studies were done before the protocols were made, so then obviously, yeah, they weren't going to find the same results, but Syngenta had enough time to, like I, like I said, 12 of, the, 12 of the studies were made by Syngenta, and only... Two of the studies found that there was no adverse effect. And only one of those studies, one of the two studies were found to like, you know, be, be, you know, like follow the guidelines Syngenta set forward. And that is the only study that could then be replicated <laughs> to prove Syngenta wrong that, you know, that it, that it did have adverse effects. Okay, whatever. So, um, in 2007, the EPA stated that it like, came out with like a public final decree that there was a no adverse effect of atrazine on uh, the endocrine system of wildlife and, that, and also stated that no further studies were needed. How and convenient. this was a final decision. In 2016, they the could just unilaterally decide, uh, yeah, we're done here. Every, we have decided. Yes. It's we're good. That is what they said in 2016. Uh, um, the EPA reversed this decision in a draft, not a finalized no, but like like not a finalized decision, but like a draft. Um, uh, they they said that it actually does have adverse effects and and listed those adverse adverse effects, but because it's a draft, which is like editable, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's not a final. It's Nobody has to final, do anything about whatever. it. Whatever. Exactly. So, like, although they they came out with this statement, on their website, the 2007 decree is still 
is still available. And as a matter of fact, today, Syngenta still touts that 2007 study as if the EPA had not reversed that decision in a draft. And I feel as if it was left in draft instead of like final published declaration of effect because they wanted Syngenta to still be able to tout not having adverse effects on the endocrine system of wildlife. Okay. Um, Scientists that were on that advisory board that Syngenta, er, that the EPA, that's that's what they said. Like, we're going to review all this data. We had an advisory board that's going to, of scientists, very scientists are going to review. And then they're going to, like, give us a recommendation to what we should do with uh, atrazine. Um, the scientists on that advisory board said, uh, they all either said that the link exists between atrazine, um, and, and negative adverse endocrine effects on wildlife or that more studies need to be conducted. They were all ignored because there is no clause within the EPA say, saying that if they elect an advisory board to review things, that they actually have to take that advisory board's advisement so they were all ignored three scientists that were on this board noted that the epa um has their own lab that they use to conduct research and it's crazy that they went to syngenta to for syngenta to make their to do their own research on this uh topic instead of just using the lab that we pay for who decided with our tax dollars that it was okay for corporations to self-regulate? Exactly. So, um, uh, they were these three scientists that were interviewed were also upset that they required multiple lab studies to be done to to replicate Hayes's findings, but didn't didn't ask for any lab studies to be done to replicate Syngenta's findings in the one study that they took into consideration. <sighs> okay. So Syngenta's, uh, Syngenta then, uh, so Syngenta basically made a coordinated attack against Hayes. In 2012, a class action lawsuit against Syngenta and their uh, and their water pollution um, in Wisconsin revealed that Syngenta had acted to um, to discredit and basically destroy Hayes' career. Um, there was a bunch of, inter- of of leaked internal documents. These leaked internal documents. Syngenta, in their own words, said that they were going to discredit Hayes by uh, excessive auditing, asking journals to retract his work. Uh, They said um, they were going to set a trap to entice him to sue them, which is just hilarious. Like, that's just so funny. (laughs) How are we going to do that? Um, Then they were going to tap his phones, investigate his funding and his wife uh, purchased Tyrone Hayes as a search result and uh, and reroute it to pro Syngenta websites and news stories. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. That's just 
I don't know why, but that's so it's ridiculous. It's so funny. Because, okay, okay. So here's here's the thing. Um, It's it's both very forward thinking and backward thinking. And I mm-hmm. think that's what's funny about yeah. it. It's because it's like, the only reason people give a fuck about Tyrone Hayes is in relation to Syngenta and the shit that he, mm-hmm. that he published about you. So even if you, even if you like, reroute searches of his name that just he's reinforces. a published scientist mm-hmm. he'll still come up so like that's where it's backward thinking but it's also very forward thinking into being like people will not scroll past the first five <laughs> yeah, it's so true but it's also like such low stakes because he's a scientist and like who's googling scientists yeah nobody nobody Ale- alex jones apparently that's it <laughs> Okay, so um, they also uh, wanted to publish a psych examination, like uh, like a psychological profile, basically, of Hayes that they like basically made up out of thin air that would paint him as a paranoid schizophrenic and a narcissist. Um, they tried to also dig up dirt on the advisory committee that was like the EPA's advisory committee. They also like paid people to do good press for them and do like news appearances for them to discredit Hayes's findings. And there's a YouTuber, like one YouTuber, that's still on Syngenta's payroll, just paid to like discredit. <laughs> The scientists. This shit all happened back in 2003 to 2005, and there's still a YouTuber today who's like being paid to discredit this man. Could you imagine what that man's life is like? Crazy. Just to be a paid shill for uh, for a pharmaceutical company. It's like, dude, I don't have anything else to say about him. What more do you want from me? Okay, that's crazy. So they paid. I want a story about this guy. They paid one point six million to one of two PR firms that in their internal documents we found out that they're working for. But they paid one point six million to one of these firms to write pro atrazine uh, pieces in the media and do several media appearances touting the safety of their of their uh, chemical. They also sent uh, critics to Hayes's public speaking events to just disrupt or detract him now we're going to talk about the epa <clears throat> back to them again have we not been talking we were about we EPA? were talking about the syngenta's yeah, attack on was, on hayes dope. but back to the epa the epa claims um in in the lawsuits that were brought up about this whole controversy the epa claims that hayes never shared his data with them um, Hayes says that the EPA visited his labs and had access to the data. Also, Syngenta had access to his data because Syngenta owned his data. Those are the people who fucking hired right. him. Um, in court, in court documents, the EPA, there's an EPA rep named Ann Lindsay who states that Hayes refused to share his data. Later in her, in that same testimony she's giving, she says, Dr. Hayes published, um, published his first report in 2002. In 2003, the EPA uh, began, began to collect all studies, including studies conducted by Dr. Hayes. <laughs> 
So they contradicted themselves. Yes. In, okay. Then she goes on to say, in efforts to understand the available data, the EPA visited Hayes' lab and reviewed some of his raw data. So, like, which one is it? Did you yeah. not have access to his data? Or, or did, did you, you visit his fucking lab? Did you lab? visit his fucking lab? And Lindsay, though, her name appears in the internal documents that were leaked in that in that 2012 uh, like lawsuit against Syngenta. Her name appears three times. One of those three times, like again, this bitch works for the EPA. One of those three times in Syngenta's internal documents, it says like, uh, has Ann Lindsay received her testimony? Like clearly, they're paying this lady in the EPA to lie for them in public you know whatever so that's basically the the whole story so i'm going to like real quick do some takeaways and then we're going to talk a little bit more about tyrone hayes and then after that we're going to do takeaways from that so i just want to say i i think we should hold off on doing final takeaways until after i tell my story (laughs) because there are so many tie-ins no, we have to do takeaways. <sighs> Sorry. Uh, you? You had anything to say? Do I? Um, gosh. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just feel like the whole world is bad and scary. Yes. And that's the only takeaway, really, that I have. Just you wait, sister. So... My takeaways from this were were that the government regulatory bodies have all been bought by lobbyists. And matter of fact, I don't think that the, any of them really existed. There's always yeah, been. I was gonna, it's like that that astronaut meme, like always has been. <laughs> yes, um, I I also wanted to to like an addendum to that regulatory bodies. Uh, I feel like mostly exist nowadays or like, you know, since capitalism really fucking like fucking skyrocketed. I feel like they mostly exist as a as a roadmap for corporations to know how to trick people into being on their side. They do. They exist solely to pacify the public. Correct. Uh, The checks and balances in our society only exist to create a guideline for subterfuge and pretend uh, and pretend due diligence, a roadmap, a roadmap to protect financial interest. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And uh, I also wanted to bring up, um, this thing that's been kind of like troubling me because in we talk about like COVID and vaccines and those kind of things. We have to realize from like what our second episode, that the people that manufacture drugs in this world, like everything is run by corporations. So when it comes to people dissenting, um, things that that are good for us or whatever you know it like liberals or like people on the left are always like you fucking idiot like we know that this doesn't cause autism or this doesn't cause this problem or everything is like healthy and we use that like rhetoric and i just wanted to point out that like maybe maybe kinda we need to calm down because like this story shows the 
the lengths that corporations will go to to like hide the ill effects of the things that they are putting into the into our bodies. Yeah, one hundred. So like even a little bit of skepticism. A is, little bit of skepticism is healthy. Is healthy. Like, now with vaccines, like the, the data overwhelmingly shows that you should get but vaccinated. Does it? Like I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't. Like I'm 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 going to get vaccinated. You know, regardless, like I'm going to do that. But I guess the takeaway what should be, I'm saying is where does the funding for the study come from? Yes. But like, where does the funding from the study come from? But like, also, there's there's money to be had so much. in manipulating data. Yes. And like we talked about like that two million dollars this dude was offered. The way that our economy is set up for a fucking scientist, what moral, what what moral incentive do you have to not accept two million fucking dollars and pretend that some shit is okay? So if you have ninety nine percent, because like that's even what they put out about Syngenta, like no one's been able to replicate Hayes's findings, and there's a lot of scientists that say that. Atrazine has no effect on the wildlife. And all of that is for a fucking price tag. And again, I'm not I'm not saying vaccines are bad. Obviously. Like I I got vaccinated, my kids got vaccinated as soon as fucking possible. But what I am saying is what amount of information that you think is true is actually true. The same with like GMOs. 20%. 20%. Like GMOs, you know, everyone's like you know, genetically modified food is a problem. And like Loki, it is a problem. Monsanto is yeah, sure. a fucking problem. But yeah. you have leftists pretending as if like there's no conclusive data to show. Like everything's genetically modified. Sure. Okay. There's I no conclusive. Do you understand? The what truth I'm is saying? probably somewhere the in between. The truth is probably somewhere in the fucking middle. And Where- there's some shit that scientists, if it was, okay, this is one dude and one chemical. That like nobody even fucking knows exists, sure. right? And the they paid. We know they paid one PR company one point six million dollars. We know they paid off somebody in the EPA, and we know they paid off like several fucking scientists. They funded several scientists to basically say, "Hey, there's there's nothing here." Sure. Okay, I see what you're saying. For this one little fucking company, and I'm sorry. Are you fucking telling me like? what's that Eli Lilly what's the fucking company in Indianapolis the pharmaceutical company Purdue Pharma Purdue Pharma the, the are you fucking mm. telling me that those people oh yeah no Oxycontin Oxycontin's not addictive that's what I'm saying so it's yeah. like when there when there comes news stories where it's family like, where like people are saying like I don't want to get my kids vaccinated because I'm skeptical of what's in that vaccine it is fucking so fucking rude and bullshit and like such cognitive dissonance for the left to pretend as if we should be trusting these fucking corporations. You, okay, Why would I, we be trusting these fucking corporations? I'm not entirely wrong. I have something to say. Go yeah. Ahead, yeah. Have you guys seen the show? So Jerry Blank of you. I have something to say. Well, I don't know. You guys are just such big talkers and I lose my train of thought a lot. It's a fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> it's mostly that I lose my train of thought. Oh, so I have to like one, yeah. insert myself. Um, have you guys seen the show boy. Utopia? No. Have you heard of it? Is it no. the one where she escaped? 
Go, describe okay. it. Okay. Well, basically, and for anyone who is maybe currently watching it or is thinking about watching it, you know, maybe um, ignore or forget what I'm about to say. No, fuck but, that. Listen. Um, <laughs> uh, but, like, the whole thing in the show is, like, this guy is trying to uh, kill off and, like, prevent people from uh, destroying his plan, which is... Uh, so basically, there's like this virus or whatever that's going around uh, to children, and um, it's like killing children. And so he's like, "You guys all need to get this vaccine." And uh, but the vaccine doesn't have really anything to do with the virus that's killing the children because that virus is like controlled. And once people are starting to get the vaccine, he's not going to be giving them the virus anymore. V for vendetta. The the vaccine is fake. Um, but, but the, but what the vaccine mm-hmm. is actually doing is it's sterilizing everyone. Interesting. Oh, what that's a son of, of man. Because, uh, he thinks that humans are destroying the world and I he mean, wants to create a better world by like skipping a couple generations of reproduction. Uh, based. I see. Maybe. Um, okay. So, so here, here's, here's another, just like a, a couple of points and then we're going to talk about Hayes again. Um, I have to pee. No, stay. Um, this is fashion. So, so uh, I also wanted to point out um, that due to those internal emails, the, the those linked emails, and their concerted effort to like target Hayes, I I just want to like point out that shady companies that that deal in bad business and PR firms have a fucking playbook. You know what I mean? Like it is not. It's, this is tapping into your story so, too. Uh, the entire but we'll, thing. We'll go back. So we'll many go parallels. Back to it. I know. I'm excited. Like, like they have a fucking playbook, and this is not the first time, and it is not the last time, and the and they rely on average people not being media literate or or science literate to to continue to do those things. So it's like, sleep with one eye open, nigga. Like, <laughs> it's fucking scary out here. Yo, can um, we put that on a shirt? Yes. Uh, and and in my last part, before we get back to Hayes, is I just need to point out the corn of it all. What? The corn of it all. What does that mean? Guys. What? Corn... Yeah. Is the number one produced crop in the United States. That's a we story in and of itself. Every we put corn or high fructose corn syrup or some byproduct in corn. Diabetes. In not not just food. Like everything. You a mug. Plastic. Uh plastic. Um paper. In everything that you have. And that you use, there is a byproduct of corn in it. So there is an hold incentive. Up, hold up. Let me hit you. I'm sorry. There's corn in shit. The, the, corn, like, so there's like corn byproduct and, like you said, everything. It's, they put shit in corn that it doesn't need to go into yes. just because it doesn't hurt. It, sorry. Yes. Why? Why, yeah. does it, why do they do that? Now- uh, okay. So, like, corn, and I am mm. so sorry to sorry. our Native American friends. 
brother and sister. <laughs> because we took something that was like, because corn has very little nutritional value, but it is mm-hmm. a filler, right? It's like rice. And um, it's a and cultural so staple. We took this thing that we were we were showed how to grow or whatever, and we've created and we've like. We have just fucking flooded the earth, like flooded America with it. But like most other places don't consume corn, right? So that that. shit just stays internal. And we found out, we found like, it's like, like so many fucking uses for corn byproduct. We put corn it's in your walls. Like, it's in... <laughs> I'm not joking, though. Like, it's in fiberglass. Corn is in your car. Corn is everywhere. People are worried about so microplastics. They should be worried about corn. corn. It is It is part corn, dude. Like, corn is literally everywhere. <laughs> corn has taken over the United States. Y'all are laughing, but I am so dead ass right now. Like, I am dead ass. I'm dead ass. <laughs> that lamp has corn. Everything has you know, fucking corn. You know corn. how humans used to be 90% water? And we now are, we're, we're we 90% corn. corn now. We are, we are corn. Yikes. And so because corn is in everything and, and it is used to make us a lot unhealthier, we don't give a fuck because corn is fucking cheap. Corn is cheap to produce. And corn mm-hmm. syrup's delicious. Corn, not only is corn cheap to produce... Because we use it as a filler agent in everything, it makes the the cost to produce goods and services fucking less. So our whole government, I swear to fucking God, is is corn <laughs> is like is incentivized by us being okay with like corn nonsense. Indiana Beach is full and of this shit. particular pesticide is used for the production of corn for the efficient production of corn and so basically it's going into the corn that we eat and it's like alex jones it's, it's not Why? going into the corn we it's eat not, it's going into everything it is not this is like that's the thing it's not even like this thing is going into the corn because astrazine is not affecting the plant itself like the the pesticide atrazine and most pesticides don't aren't like absorbed like their harm isn't that they're absorbed into the plant life because the plant life that most pesticides target it kills like it they're made for a fucking reason so like so that's not the problem and the problem is that it rains Right, right. and the then water. and then it ends up in the water, more, uh, more or it, or in, ends up in fish, which we then eat. And correct, but we're also mostly in the water. In the water but, but is the, issue the biggest is bi- one. My point is the issue is biomagnification. Yes, like it's 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 that, and also that is ending up directly into our bloodstream because we do ingest tap water. You go to a fucking restaurant, you ask for water. Where does that come from? It comes from the fucking tap. But what all I am saying is. We, as a country, have, like, an incentive to keep the corn shit going mm-hmm. because that's kind of part of our economic fucking whole Gosh, deal. imagine Everything what we... About corn. So imagine what we could do with all of that space of land of that corn That wasn't corn. It's so much fucking corn. So, like... So <laughs> it's like, almost like homelessness is a construct. So, like... <laughs> shut up. So, like, uh... So, the... Whatever. The big, the big deal of it all 
is that it is not <laughs> it is it is not lost on me or surprising to me that this Ann Lindsay bitch or that the in, that the EPA themselves were uh, pro whatever the fuck Syngenta had yeah, going they on had everything because they deal in Corn. efficient corn manufacturing and that's literally what our fucking country runs off of we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up real quick uh i just wanted to go over some highlights from um the the pot or the uh documentary that i watch uh shout there. out to do the shout out oh uh, yeah it's okay eyes weird stories it's like one of my favorite youtube channels of all time so good but uh, the highlights, uh, he did it like, okay, I did an interview with Hayes. And I do want to to say, uh, so Hayes had like a very um, spicy back and forth with Syngenta um, discussing like the research and, and all, all of the things. And during that, um, Hayes sent them a series of emails uh, where he was just being aggro and ridiculous as fuck. Um, um the critics of of Tyrone Hayes cite these email this email correspondence to like basically discredit him um, um, because he was just being so aggro and ridiculous and they're like oh you lack decorum and you're not really a scientist da, da, da. <sighs> so um, Hayes said that he conducted himself this way because uh, for for a few reasons one as a scientist by nature. Your lab and your students are under constant scrutiny, obviously, because that's the way science should be. You should be your science and the science you, your lab produces should be under scrutiny and be, you know, able to be replicated. And people should be trying to pick you apart. That is just the nature of science. But according to Hayes, it's a whole other thing when there's a company out there specifically trying to discredit you it's not that they're trying to do so in the name of science and they just don't agree with your hypothesis or they think that you had like bad you know methodology methodology yeah. or like biases or whatever that but it's like a targeted attack on your lab and your students for no reason other than profitability and um, that can affect your student's career. Like after all of this shit happened, there was a good chunk of time where Tyrone Hayes did not take on new uh, graduate students into his into his program because he was worried about how association with him was going to affect their careers as scientists going forward. And that fucking sucks ass because... Clearly, Tyrone Hayes cares about science to the extent that he's not willing to compromise himself or his data to shill for some corporation. And he's ref him as someone who is completely like moral in science is rejecting students who may end up in, you know, un underneath a tenured professor who. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, That's really beautiful. Underneath a tenure professor who does not give a fuck about the moral foundation yeah. and the and the 
importance of truth and science. And I also will get emotional, but it's not here. It's it's a it's a little bit it's a, bit, a little bit later. Hayes said um, he also conducted himself that way because like for comedy's sake, for levity's sake, because they were just going through a lot and he and the company was being just such dicks that he just needed to be a dick back to them sure. in email exchanges yeah. no, for, I get for it. comedy's 100%. sake. 100%. That's my main motivation in life um, is being a dick back. <laughs> but he also stated, and this is probably the point that, I'm going to get a little mm. emotional. He also stated uh, that he... Wait, this isn't the part. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so he also stated that he was acting fucking wild and shit to prove his point um, that by lacking... Like, in lacking decorum and professionalism, he still knew that the science would win Sounds, out. Like he yeah. was going to win regardless. So he can act as ridiculous as he wants to in an email exchange. The, his work Whatever. Still holds. The work is the work, bitch. There's nothing you can I do about it. I love that. Oh my God. Um, he, he said that while he was drafting these wild ass emails, there was a student, one of, one of his students was sitting next to him and was, and kept telling him like, send it i dare you <laughs> i dare you to send it ah i love that um, i love that shitty post grad who's like do it do, do it, it. <laughs> and it's like you as a tenured professor and and like every professor that i've had that like gives a fuck uh like that are super interested in the thing that they do like i've yeah. had like journalist professors or english professors or That's like all they give uh, a shit or about. like uh, like um um like philosophy professors that were just like yeah, like like they are easily goaded on by their students because it's like, because remind the, me why I'm here, yeah. bitch. Like, d- damn, that's exactly what I need, you know? Okay, so Fuck then, the university. <laughs> so then um, he said he also sent those emails because he was like, you know, y'all ca- categorize me as crazy. Like, you want crazy? Like, I'm going to fucking show you crazy. Hell yeah. I love that too. Based. Um there's a Syngenta report like this big ass report from Syngenta that is trying to characterize Hayes as like unhinged or whatever and in the report they were like uh, hyper analyzing a meeting that they had with Hayes and in it they say Hayes kept his his coat on and sunglasses during during the meeting hold on because it's so good he kept his coat and sunglasses on during the meeting um and uh and it kept saying is this line clean is this communication clean uh (laughs) and they were like baffled and tried to and tried to paint him as like a crazy person um but at in actuality he like uh, he was dared by his students to dress up as Neo and just quoted the Matrix <laughs> for the interview. And like, that's a line from the Matrix is like, is this line clean? Wow. Um, he joked to his students that Syngenta had hired a, like, so, so like before those internal documents were leaked, um, he joked to his students that Syngenta had hired a committee. This is my emotional part. That Syngenta had hired a committee to figure out how to scare a black person. But oh. when their internal documents were leaked and the contents of that psych, psych evaluation, they tried to, like put on him was leaked he pretty much realized that that was true like they were legitimately trying to figure out how to undermine the science 
and the credibility, particularly of a black scientist. Mm. Um, um, he, he was told by the Society of Toxicology and Chemistry that he was not allowed to rhyme when he gave speeches. So, uh, or he, when he gave like accredited science talks, basically. Wait, wait, wait. Was he previously rhyming a lot doing science talks? No, not necessarily. I think they just told him that on some racist ass bullshit. Like, hey, you know, you know how black people be rhyming? You can't, you can't, you can't get to the youth by this rhyme. So then he, so (laughs) so, so then he created an hour and 50 minute speech where he rhymed throughout the entire the entirety of it nice that Um, is so creative i know so that's okay we'll get into it but this (laughs) is the part that makes me like particularly fucking emotional so um he said that one of his emotion his motivations um for the way that he approached this deal with sangenta was uh the it was a lincoln park song and then oh quoted, God. "This is uh, the most based man in America." Yeah, and then he was like, "All I want to do is be more like me and be less like you." He said, "Syngenta, as well as the EPA, tried um, would send him emails critiquing his dress and his speech and his demeanor, saying that he lacks credibility and everybody thinks that he was a joke." Bitch, wear your said, fancy scarves. I don't give a fuck. The more they told me I was in their arena, the more I forced them to be in my own, um, which had the in an unintended effect of stirring up more awareness because I was just so eccentric mm-hmm. and just like a good fucking just like a dope ass goddamn guy, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would one hundred percent hang out with this man regularly. I, I would as so well. He'd, he I, would be one of us. I, but like smarter. Can I, we get him on the podcast? I gives like this shit means so fucking much to me because like as a black person and an academic are, you have how absolute, many degrees two but people are That's absolutely like so quick to discredit every like anything that you say and anything that you do and like i love the idea of like i'm not go- i refuse because i am fucking smart enough and because i know my logic is sound i'm not playing your fucking game like you gotta meet me over here bitch like that's just what it is <clears throat> he also <laughs> said uh um he he was like in his back and forth with syngenta he said that you know they tried to buy me Um, But it was weird because he had control in that situation. And he told them, basically, I'm a tenured professor. I can stop doing like I can stop doing research for you whenever I want to. Did you almost say comedy? No, I I was going to say contract. It did almost sound like you were going to say comedy. He said, like, I can stop doing research regarding astrazine or syngenta whenever i want to i can stop and just go back to teaching and i honestly can't ever lose my job but you asked like syngenta as a company you can never stop me you can't quit me as long as i'm doing what i'm doing Mm -hmm. i can quit you whenever i want to i don't ever have to think about you again but as long as i put out research condemning you and your practices you have to engage with me 
Mm. And that's where we are. So I can't be bought. And that shit is so that's fucking beautiful. dope, dude. Like, ah. Oh my and God. like, there's like something to be said. And like, like this is the last thing I'm going to say about this. But like, Ugh. the the bravery and um and and like like amount of like willingness to not buy into the propaganda of the American dream it takes for you to to say no I don't want your two million dollars to not be mm. buy off bought off by you know this this company just like all of the members of the EPA or all of these other scientists or all these fucking YouTube shows or whatever like that takes an amazing stupid level of strength because in order to do anything in this country you need fucking money like you know that like one think of how, one uh, all the like, other I do this for them and they're like that for them one for me kind of yeah, Hollywood you could do so mentality. much other beneficial like, research with if that if I took that two million dollars I can do I can fucking try to continue to cure like cancer or something yeah. and so it takes like an, an, an enormous amount of like bravery and moral ethics and like belief in yourself and in science and like that just it just takes so much yeah because like it is so easy it is so easy for us to even give you an, an excuse i can give an excuse to ann Lindsay on the epa and i can excuse the people the scientists who were bought off by Syngenta because that's the thing. I get it. If he had taken the money, yeah, I'd be I like, would I not get blame it. it. Yeah, for but sure. But how how much is buried by people who it's like I come get on, why it's you two million dollars. Yeah, why come you on. took that fucking money? So like whatever. All I gotta say. Tyrone Hayes is one of my favorite fucking people to exist. He might he's be my so hero dope now. and I love him so much and he's saucy as fuck and he's just he like in in one oh my god in one part of the interview okay this this is actually the last thing I'm going to say one part of the interview I cried real tears because he was saying that like the science that these this Syngenta lab came back with was so easily refutable that he gave it to his 12 year old son who easily just counted out all of like the errors within the data and i love that so much like i don't know just being an, an active engaged father but have uh, having it taught your kid enough about science for him to just like also call out the bullshit and and that's like one of the first things he brings up in the interview. And it's, it's just, I don't know. It's just cute. And it's like a proud father moment. Like, yeah, my son's got the science thing too. But also, like, this is junk science. It's junk science. And my 12 year old fucking saw it. And y'all need to be fucking ashamed of yourself. And also, I love my son. Like, it's just, that's good. And that's, that's my fucking story. That's a great, Jesus. I <clears> cried. <throat> I, I, this is the first time I've cried I'm on this podcast. I'm holding back tears because <laughs> I love that story so much. Who is it? Okay. Who's okay. the white woman? I am so interested right now. All right. I'm, I'm going to laugh heartily. My white woman this week is Kate. Do you want to guess? Hudson? Winslet. No. Blanchette. No. Uh, what's another Kate? Uh, Kate. Couric. 
McKinnon. Yes. Because you were watching SNL. Yes. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. I did it. What do I win? This is. Do been... I get to not you listen for to the story? Me like a complimentary yes, even though I did not get it. No, you didn't <laughs> help at all. <laughs> this has been the toughest week of my life so far doing this podcast. Is it because you see yourself in Kate McKinnon and it has negatively impacted your view of who you are? Partially. <laughs> but mostly because what are you doing? I I completely fell in love with her. <laughs> and I am so sad. <laughs> like cry myself to sleep at night. Because she's not real gay. No, I also she's so gay. I have fallen in love with Kate she's McKinnon, too gay and I am to, more sad than you. She's for too obvious gay reasons. to be in love with you because you're a man. Too boyish. She's just so much better than me, and so much tea. more famous and unattainable. And also, I mostly fell in love with the 2007 Kate McKinnon. You know- okay, so. I guess, like, partially, I don't know, the reason that I just became so infatuated is because, like, I could see, like, you know, in, like, her videos in her younger years, I could just see that, like, more, like, raw, like, you know, shyness and, like, you know, like, is is it okay for me to interject myself here? Ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I've never experienced that as a white man. And you've never experienced that as Lynette. I don't think either of you know that feeling at all. I don't know the feeling of not being able to interject myself somewhere. Fuck you. That's my favorite thing to do. To interject myself. Shut the fuck up. I love interjecting. It's my favorite thing. Um, And I was going to save these for the end, but I realized that I should should say these right up front. These are, I found these on her IMDB page. All right. She said, people are often confused when they meet me because I'm soft-spoken and pensive, I am extraordinarily introverted. She began speaking in character voices at age 10 to relieve her social anxiety. I did that shit too. Uh, she said, I've been doing funny voices since I was five. It's always been the way I communicated most comfortably with the rest of the world. Did you guys do that shit growing up? Do what? Like, just like characters, funny voices, shit like that. Impressions. I, I don't know. I I was not. I there there was not room for that. Uh, you <laughs> any silliness? There, any silliness was stomped the fuck. Literally, out. like truly. What about you, Stacy? What? What about you? Did you do that kind of shit? Like, did you silly voices, like character shit, like that growing up? No, were you, I never. Were you a silly little guy. I never really um, began being funny around people until I was like really comfortable which was when i was with, like with my aunt in missouri during the summer i think is when sure. it really started happening i don't okay so i don't i don't think that i i would need to talk to your family mm. to truly believe what you just said because i think that you are such that it, you could be ha- you could have been funny for a while without necessarily have been trying to be. Yeah. Cause that's kind of your being, whole like, even aware of that. shtick 
is like you just kind of go and be you. Like uh, the other, like last week, you picked up your own notebook and you said, "What's this book about?" And I fucking yeah. posted it on Facebook. It was fucking <laughs> hilarious. That was really funny. And that was just a doofy thing you did. I you weren't even thinking about it. I yeah. can tell. Like there was no thought put into that. I guess I just don't really ever remember being funny or like having people notice that mm. I was funny yeah. until I was like with my aunt. Interesting. What age? When? I would say like around age like 12, 13. Interesting. Because yeah. one of my earliest memories is doing, you know, that, that uh, like mobster character on the Looney Tunes? Yeah. The mobster guy and the big, dumb, tall guy. And I would, I would just do an impression of him. And it was just like, hey, put the money in the bag. It was like that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, it would crack my cousins up. Like to the point where they were doubled over, like, and it that was just uh, a very yeah. I would do impressions from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I probably got all of Iowa yeah. a buzz. Uh, yeah, for sure. I bet they were. It was mostly up. just my aunt. Your aunt, I'm sure, loved it. All right. This is the third and final quote here. Uh, She said, I was very serene, and I still am, until I start talking in another voice. Then suddenly, I have a lot of volume, and I'm frantic. But I didn't want to be one of those people who's always talking in accents in real life, so I started doing sketch comedy. Mm. So I guess there begins... Mm -hmm. What, What does she mean by accents? In real life versus sketch like comedy. Just, no, what she's saying is like in her day-to-day life, ah. she couldn't be the goofball, like the weirdo who just went around being like, top I of see. the morning to you. Yeah. And like she, so she started doing sketch comedy gotcha. to accommodate yeah. her weird inclinations. It was an outlet for her fucking right. freak shit. And, and like, I guess, like, I'll just say. Um, I fucking hate improv people. She's, she's a, a very private person. Mm-hmm. So, I I could not find a lot. Good, and you know, and I think that that go- also goes into like everything that like I just said is like she's she seems like a very quiet, private, low key mm-hmm. individual. And honestly, I feel like private people don't always have a whole lot going on. You damn right. Yeah. So anyway. She's 5'3", which yeah. is great for me. If, Jesus Christ. How if old is she, This Stacey? is what I'm talking about. Stacey could so easily be a fucking stalker. Because, bitch, what? The only reason the only reason that I'm not is because I have gotten into trouble in the past. <laughs> the only reason I'm not a stalker now is because I have stalked uh, many a time. <laughs> what? And I... And I've been blocked on Facebook and we things can. like that. Good. And also, maybe... Okay. No, uh, I, I want to ask you to elaborate. To like, but please I don't. also okay, don't okay. want please you to don't. elaborate. No, please, please don't. don't. I, will, I will elaborate. No, please. I had this a teacher... This whole part's getting edited out, please. No. I... Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit it out. I, like, absolutely. But I also, like, legitimately who I am inside... And like the fact that you're living in my house, I do not want to know. I don't want to know. I just I had a teacher that I professed my love to. Oh well, this is we've heard this before. Have we heard this before? Probably. I I talk about it all the time. I think I've blocked it out. 
But no, I just, I had a teacher that I professed my love to, and I, I think I probably knew way too much about her. Like, I, like, I know, like, where she lived, even though she lived in, like, a different town than me. Like, I knew where her house was, and I knew, like, what car she drove, and well, you're also, just everything. Uh, you recognize that that's an issue, right? And you I, are currently taking steps to, like, you're abstaining from, like, long-term dating and yes, stuff. I don't know. Yes, I hate McKinnon. I <laughs> recognize. Watch your back, dog. I recognize I feel like Kate that would fuck you up. If not her, then definitely her security. And if not her security, then definitely, what's his name? Kenan Thompson. <laughs> I was you. hoping that you would end that sentence. I was going to say Lauren uh, Michaels, but... <laughs> no, I was hoping that you would... Just end that sentence is that uh, you think that Kate McKinnon would fuck me. So <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah, I, that's where I was hoping you would end that sentence. Is, at. is that it's the, just uh, so unhealthy? For, I want to. Is this the basis for every story you pick? Like who you want to fuck? No, because I didn't know we could do that. Is no, that an option? No, it's not. It's I, not an option. I have not. I don't think I've felt this way about a person that I've oh, talked about on this podcast. All right. Also, she's 39 years old, which is younger than uh, previous girlfriends that I've had. All right. So she plays piano, cello, and guitar. But she has a sister uh, named Emily Berthold, who uh, is a stand-up comedian. Yeah, well, are they German? I don't know. And I also don't Austrian. know where the name McKinnon came yeah, from. That's a, that's, a, that's a fucking Eastern European. It's something I gross. Fucking hate. I, I fucking I just, hate Eastern Europeans. Absolutely, they're the worst. <laughs> the but McKinnon is more of like a Scottish. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know where I don't know where that thing. name yeah. came from because her Sir Berthold though is like Eastern European. Yeah, so that she, sounds she, like, like there's a married lot of to an Eastern European guy. Vowels or? in there. No. Berthold is Kate McKinnon's actual last name. Oh, ill. She's oh, fucking gross. But I don't know where McKinnon came from because it's it's Catherine McKinnon Berthold. So I don't is that her middle is that name? Hyphenated? McKinnon it's Berthold? Not, it's not hyphenated. Well, and her, did she change it for the uh actors guild? I don't I don't know. I don't know because she that's like her she middle won't name. Tell me I've asked multiple times. Her name is Catherine McKinnon Berthold. No hyphens. I, I don't know how that came to be because so neither of her parents... she definitely changed her name for, like, union reasons, right? I don't know. I, well, I feel like that's safe it's to assume. Stressing, it's stressing, Stacey. I'll just drop it. Thank you. <laughs> she, uh, she figured out that she was gay because of Jillian Anderson on X-Files. Same. Really? But with Mulder. Okay. Really? David Duchovny? Yes. He's so fucking smart. I that's I want to put him in his place. <clears throat> okay, that's I, really I, have I to edit wanna, all this I out. I don't even want to investigate. Please. I I want <laughs> to investigate. Right, the done. truth is out there, Lynette. <laughs> no, that's and funny I because need to know. she said uh, she said that like while she was watching the X Files, uh, she was having this physiological reaction, and she thought. That at first that it was to David Duchovny's face, but then she realized, no, it's because of Jillian Anderson. Mm. She is fine as fuck, Jillian Anderson. I don't. I'm not very attracted to Jillian Anderson. Really, Anderson, but but like my initial gay crush was a good redhead. Was the fucking Mm. Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake and Xena and I also love Ricky Lake. And, Ricky Lake's uh, also super and hot. China and wrestling. China so. was also super hot. Yeah. 
So it's like, hey, who am I to judge? You know what I mean? Jillian Anderson's got that fucking fiery redhead shit going on. Yeah, but she ain't got no lips. And again, I just don't think people can be be considered attractive if they ain't got no lips. She she has some lips. No, she really don't. She has lips spiritually. No, she really don't. Yeah, I feel like she has spiritual lips. She has like a flat booty and no lips. Let Stacy tell her story. Okay. I'm drunk. All right, so um, uh, Kate McKinnon did an interview. Um, it was like brunch with Bridget, where they're like in a like a bed together, and um, and she started talking about uh, Jillian Anderson, and then um, she like got up close to the camera and she was all like, you know, Jillian Anderson, like I understand like you had to get hot and like grow your hair out and like go blonde but I just want you to know that you were totally perfect when you had short red hair and so if you cut your hair and dye it red again uh you should call me but if you don't do that and try to call me I probably won't pick up and uh and then Jillian Anderson, uh, I guess, was going to, like, be in, like, a movie or something with her. I My research didn't go far enough to find out what that was that they did together. But they did something together. But Jillian Anderson didn't know, really, who Kate McKinnon was uh, other than, like, seeing her do some stuff on SNL. And so she looked her up and uh, she saw, uh, like, the, like, best of Kate McKinnon clips on YouTube and she found this video and so she was like it it was like it felt like they were like on a Skype call and like Kate McKinnon was just like in her face saying this stuff to her and like declaring her love for her and uh and then the next day she had to go to work with her oh that's awkward <laughs> that's super yeah. duper awkward yeah well it was I mean, it's kind of cute. I think it's so great because because when when Kate McKinnon made like, that, she was so much younger. It's great for from Caitlyn's perspective, right? Because uh, she is uh, living the dream of like us of like getting to mm. getting to work with somebody like Maria Bamford, right? Like that's a dream, right? Mm. And she went as far to make a thing. Obviously, you didn't do that. But yeah, like, honestly, this is just my like my worst nightmare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, like honestly, super what you cringe, just said though, is like... which is also humanizing. And right. That's fucking beautiful. So you can understand how I fell in love with this like, no. human, with this no, person. I get it. No, I get it. no it's has... a cautionary tale. It is 100%, but that's what's humanizing, you fucking schmuck. But, like, the video, like, if you watch it, it's not really, like, cringe or or anything. Like, she's being funny in it. Right. But uh, fucking uh, Jillian Anderson seeing that, right? It's it's about her. That is what's cringe. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. And I, I, I think, like, the thing is anyone can really identify with that. It's, like, being a person who... Uh, I think that's everybody's worst fear. Like well, if Chad Michael Murray like like was like, oh, who's 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 Lynette and Stacy and Jesse? And he Googled his name and it was me calling him like the the best the, the best cause for the Nazi party. Yeah. It would be fucking awful. Yeah. That's horrifying. That's horrifying. That's my biggest fear. But, I don't know. Idris Elba was like, oh my god, who's Lynette? 
Just Lynette. But uh, again, and it was that, like, that, the oh, fact I hate that, him because of his fucking accent. The fact that that's horrifying is what humanizes Kate McKinnon in Stacey's right. eyes. Yes. Because, like, that again, that is also Stacey's worst nightmare, reasonably so. And she also has said, like, if there's no. anyone out there who's able to take that off of YouTube, that would be great. <laughs> but also, you know what? Shoot your fucking shot. Okay. Like, no, because I think hold up. No. I think Stacey's whole that thing resulted? is that this bitch is weird. Like I'm weird. Maybe, yeah. maybe and this episode. What the Kate fuck McKinnon, this is about? Maybe yeah. one day Kate McKinnon will hear this episode exactly. of this podcast. That's what the fuck this bullshit and is want about. Want to fuck me? Absolutely. I'm not playing your fucking game, Stacey. Kate McKinnon, Stark. please I'm do not, not fuck Stacey Stark. Game. I will be part of your fucking. I won't let her. Kate I will McKinnon stop Kate McKinnon. Conspiracy. Do not ever tell me you're dating Kate McKinnon. I you would shit your pants. You would be so happy for Honestly, me. Honestly, SNL kind of sucks. Okay, but oh Kate McKinnon God. is what? the only good thing about SNL. This is so stupid. This is so stupid. Finish telling your story before cuss Jesse out. All right, she has a cat uh, that she found in the alley behind a pizza restaurant. What's the cat's name? And it, it was called a. Uh, it was called Nino's pizza and so her cat's name <laughs> that, that's a crazy name for a cat <laughs> no, no no that's the name of the restaurant but her cat's name uh is nino positano after the pizza restaurant yeah all right she went to columbia uh university and she graduated in 2006 with a theater major um she, while she was in college she had a homeless friend named cross who would hang outside of a grocery store she's just like me and uh, yeah, she she see you, humanizing you a friend named Cross who hangs outside a grocery it's store. Stacy, Stacy is Cross. Oh, Cross, <laughs> Stacy, Cross, Seven Pelt Stark. Uh, and she would buy him fruit, and he would also uh, carry her groceries for her. While she was at uh, in her senior year at Columbia University, uh, she had a friend. Who was all like, oh, there's this gay thing you need to try out for. What? <laughs> and, uh, and so she Did went, she make the team? She went to the audition and uh and that's how she got on the big gay sketch show on Logo TV. She oh, was it was actually I thought this was like a friend of hers trying to get her to experiment sexually. No, 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 no. He was he was like So she was, was she like already a, out at this point? Yeah. And 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 he was like, there, you know, like there's this gay comedy sketch show okay. that you need to do. That makes a lot more sense. And she and she did it because she's gay and a comedy sketch artist. Okay. When did? Uh, do you know when she came out as gay? Uh, she was a kid. Um, she. Uh, I don't. I don't know ex- like the exact story, but I know that she. Uh, she was crying, and her mom was like what's going on and uh you know she was just like blubbering tears she's like i think i'm gay and her her mom was just like oh that's cool like be whatever you want that i had a very similar experience coming out as an atheist which i know sounds very dumb but at the time my mother and i we were reading the left behind series for teens together (laughs) and i was like i think i'm an atheist and my mom was actually pretty cool about it 
Being an atheist is different than being gay. Obviously. Can I, can I say that Obviously. I, it was revealed due to my MySpace that I was uh, atheist and bi. I, it makes a lot of sense family. for you that the atheist was like it, fucking. It oof. was way more rough about yeah. the atheist thing. All right. So she was on the big gay sketch show for all three years that it ran. Uh, after that. Uh, she did shit in New York, including the Upright Citizens Brigade sketch comedy. Love Upright Citizens. I can't say it either. Uh, Love it, though. Usually unpaid. Yeah, that's fucked up. Um, you should pay their performers. She, uh, she did a lot of videos with, um... This girl, Julie, that she was with in the Big Gay Sketch Show, like, they did, like, a lot of videos when they were, like, doing other stuff. And uh, and in one of them, she said uh, she's never been on a date. Uh, she makes out with someone, and then she's in a relationship for nine months, which I found very relatable. relatable. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You're kind of a whore. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a, like a relationship whore, uh, you get around of relationships. Uh, you have had a lot of relationships in the not very long time that I've known you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not slut shaming. I have no problem with the sex. It's the emotions. Yeah, I'm that I'm not okay with. I am a, an emotional whore. That is for sure. That is true. Um, she started SNL in 2012 and became a series regular in 2013. And in an interview, uh, she said that she only does impressions of people that she likes or like truly admires. Um, but the whole time while she was doing that interview, I was just thinking about the time when she did an impression of Robert Durst. Who's Robert Durst? A serial killer. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wonder if that's like, I don't know. You know the thing in like, or maybe maybe this is just me. There's this thing in like, um, like me doing comedy where like I'll do comedy for, it's like incon- inconsequential comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, I'm just doing comedy as a favor to like, da- but it's like it's like a like a three minute appearance and it doesn't fucking matter. Like mm-hmm. I wonder if what she's saying is like, I only do impressions. Like I, you know, like what she chooses of my own volition. Yeah. Do a oh yeah, impression. It's not just her deciding of, uh, what. Like she that does shit on doesn't SNL. count. You know what I mean? They need you to come mm-hmm. in for this quick Robert Durston present impression that mm-hmm. doesn't fucking count for like that's a really good me point. saying that like the characters that I practice and and you know whatever like that like that's those their are only comedy, people not my I'm, comedy. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, I definitely agree, and like I feel that way too. But it's just like my experience hearing her say that I had this other thing in my mind. Yeah, where I'm like. You don't admire the serial killer that you did the, you know, that's that's just where I was at. Maybe she can relate, though, because like Robert Durst was 
live mic'd in a bathroom and he told on himself and like maybe that's just some hijinks she thinks that she would be privy to which makes absolute sense to me based on her body that. of work but like particularly kate kinnon kate mckinnon because she's like so like low-key and awkward or whatever yeah. like yeah. i could definitely see her being like i killed them all she could probably <laughs> identify with him in a different way in a different way yeah in a different way uh, she said that her favorite uh, character that she's done is Jeff Sessions because she has this thing that she can do with her lip where she was like, when am I ever going to use this? And her Jeff amazing. Sessions impression it was is good. very good. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. Damn, this re- honestly, all this SNL talk makes me want to watch. She also did Giuliani, the, right? The Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her yeah. Giuliani is fantastic. Makes me want to rewatch the Brett Kavanaugh, oh, um, a fucking SNL sketch after his his hearing, because mm. <laughs> Matt Damon does such a fucking mm. bang up job as Brett Kavanaugh, and everyone is playing like senators and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just like fucking, that's uh, just peak performance. I'll have to check it out. You've never seen it? I. Uh, it's so good. My SNL experience has been very all over the place. That, <laughs> that might be the best SNL has been in like. I hate. Shut up. Like, because you're what you really are calling, like calling for me to cuss you out. I cannot stand conversations about when SNL was good and when it wasn't. It's always been fucking hit or miss. Yeah. And and just putting on that many shows at a time and like finding the comedic through line with your cast or whatever, like, that shit takes heart. It, like, takes time to, like, fucking, you know, like, uh, solidify your fucking team. But I still feel like every fucking season, there's gold within. I just kind of feel I, like... I think it's so hack for comedians to be like, this was when SNL was good. Like, shut up. I just kind of feel shut like up. SNL's <laughs> never been good, uh, and the only redeeming quality has been Weekend Update. That's so stupid. That's that, also really that's, stupid. That's Weekend the worst up- thing I've ever heard. Weekend Update has routinely been like one of the worst, like one as far as outputs concerned, one of the worst. Yes. Parts. However, but uh, when it hits, it hits super duper like hard. Like the rest of SNL, when it hits, it fucking hits, and when it doesn't, it fucking doesn't. That's like I the created a monster. The goddamn show. I created a monster. It is like one of my like legit biggest fucking pet peeves. I hate talking to comedians about SNL because I'm I'll never bring it up again. It's almost like talking about SNL They're with so comedians annoying. as a construct. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. She was the first openly gay woman to be a cast member on SNL. That cannot be. All right. Yeah, that's probably true, actually. Yeah. Yeah, because Rachel Dratch um, never came out. But in my heart, Rachel Dratch is gay. Who is the one? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris uh, Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> doesn't strike me Two as a gay woman. Different gay women. <laughs> he does. He does not strike me as a gay woman. He's a super duper gay lady, man. <laughs> Have you tried Crystal Skull vodka? <clears throat> I'm sure I've had it. Tastes like pussy. All right. All right. Cut that part out. I'm sorry. Keep going. Um, no, it doesn't. It doesn't at all. I can't. Im- <laughs> I can't imagine. Where someone like would be drinking a vodka and it tastes like pussy, and they'd be like, Oh man, this is great. I'm gonna call this crystal skull. Like, pussy. 
<laughs> pussy only tastes good when it's pussy, you know? You, right. Like, replicating the fav- flavor so is not going to. So unnecessary. Absolutely unnecessary. I want nothing else I consume to taste like pussy no. but pussy. No. And even when Hell it's yeah, pussy, bro. I only want it to taste a little bit. A tiny bit like pussy. Yeah. And then the rest of it, like nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want a little bit of funk. A smidge of funk. It's like I just should. It should just be recognizable as vagina. Mild yeah. funk. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I'm eating. I'm eating a vagina. You never order the Diablo sauce. You want. <laughs> <laughs> you want fun, the mild. <laughs> fun fact: I have always gotten very good reviews. Gross. Anyway, so I don't I, like that. Absolutely not. And I also <laughs> can we kick Stacy off the podcast? <laughs> also, much like the EPA, I need several. Like, like more research is needed. Yeah. I don't agree. And you're if, Syngenta and... <laughs> and if you're not on the payroll, we will not accept your research. No, nah, no. Nah, you're Syngenta and you are definitely producing your own studies. And, and you're... Like, absolutely not, Your man. cunt is Atrazema. Astrazema. Astrid, did I fuck it up, too? <laughs> is there an S in there? It's Atrazine. Uh, that's what you I... Said Atrazema. <laughs> Like, like an acne medication <laughs> or an alcoholic beverage. In order to conduct your own studies, you guys Gross. would have to eat no, my vagina. That which is absolutely I, not. Let me finish. I let refuse. me finish. That which is I, not how the only accurate studies can be. I conducted. have eaten plenty of, 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 of in knowing my day. how my vagina tastes. You guys would have to eat it, which I am not going to no, let either I, of you do. No, I've collected anecdotal all, reports. First of all, first of all. There is anecdotal evidence, but also there's just like standardized testing of the pH balance yeah, and the acidity sure. of your of your yeah. cunt, dude. Let's just I don't know, but has to fucking eat it to know that it's like that. It's Give us a sample of your vaginal lubricant. Stanky. My point is stanky neither strunk. of you are going <laughs> That's to why eat they call her stanky my strunk. vagina. Neither of you. Can then why vagina. the fuck did you bring it up, Stacey? Because like, you guys were saying I was wrong. I and I was like, the only way no, for you to know. No, ho, originally. And you will never know. No, bitch. Like, it's so funny to me that you're like on this hill dying. Like, y'all will never eat it. But it's like, that was never in my fucking purview. You were the one that was like, actually, I've got good reviews. And it's like, bitch, okay, but probably not. Prove me wrong. I will give you a list of every single person who has tasted it. <laughs> and you can go ask them yourself. Hey, how does this relate back to Kate McKinnon? It don't. It doesn't. It was so it also, nasty, dude. What like, do you guys think my vagina tastes like? like? I don't believe anyone who agrees to taste Stacey's vagina. What? I, what? <laughs> you don't agree that yeah. anyone does? I, I don't agree with anyone with, like, who has the bad like, decision making like to agree the to do moral, that. The moral, the moral fortitude yeah, for of sure. anyone no, who agrees no, to go down on you. No, no ethical backbone. <laughs> and it also is like, it's like, for who are you doing that for? That's a whole man. Like, why are you? <laughs> Okay, this is this you can't is air any of this. Oh, no, you're going, going to air in, all of it. It's amazing. This is the meanest you've ever been to me. And and that's not true at all. Me, look at, look no, at, no, no, it look is Stacy being a white woman about this. This isn't even the meanest that Lynette's been to you today. Absolutely. In not. my heart, this is the meanest she's ever been to me. However. 
However, it makes me so giddy. <laughs> and that's why Kate McKinnon will never sleep with you. That's why I have that's, so many friends. That's exactly that why she will. The effect that I have that, so true. that keeps me When you call friends. me a fat piece of shit, my heart just fills with joy. It's just like, just me talking shit. They're like, oh my God, it's my turn. Yeah. Oh, oh, me, 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 me. <laughs> she's doing, she's Cause, doing. Because if she talks shit, that means she loves you. That is true. I do love you dearly. Thank you. Yeah. Shut the fuck Thank up. Thank you. And bitch. also, that's exactly the reason that Kate McKinnon would fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This anyway, is whatever. It's like honestly, we need to have an intervention. It's it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's weird for like, me too. Is, I also have a mild crush on Kate McKinnon. But it's but mild for you like because you're fucking, a man and you know that it'll never it's happen. It's not even that. This is weird. But like you're also a man and it's never going to happen. So you're I'm more problematic about this than I am. Bitch, a you brought, this is you. Man. You brought this up. But I am also uncomfortable. I had no choice. I had to. I had already committed. It, she's a DM this project. Yesterday, Stacy and me were sitting at the table drinking coffee and smoking a cigarette and Stacey was like, um, I just want to talk to you about the story that I'm going to do because I'm so emotional about it. I really But I can't like talk can, to you about it right just now. Talk, be able to talk about her stories. That's fucking dumb. What if I need your help I coming up? It doesn't fucking matter. I don't care. What I'm talking, we're honing in on Stacey's fucking mental It's like the emotional right arc. Now. I got you. Um, okay. That, you know, if you don't say, okay, 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 okay. Stacey, if my soul is not satisfied and I don't find out new and interesting information about Kate McKinnon during the goddamn story, you are banned from telling non-narrative tales just about white women forever. There's more. a lot on the line here, Stanky. No, I... And so I, you better make this fucking worth my goddamn while. You don't have to tell me. I already know. <laughs> I... All right. In an interview, she said if she wasn't an actress, she would be a carpenter. She's also very interested in plumbing and electrical. I think if I were going to uh, pick up a trade, it, it, it would be anything but plumbing because uh, poop. Anyway, Kami Kinnan said, uh, all I ever wanted to do in my entire life was be on Saturday Night Live. And yay for her, she did it. Good for her. We yeah. love it when somebody sets a goal and achieves it here on Definitely. the podcast. Definitely. For sure. Uh, but she quit uh, after 10 years um, because she said her body was tired. That's also 10 years is a, an amazing tenure. Doing a show <laughs> every week that's like, it's not just recording one night. It's like going there every day yeah, and, and it's writing not like these, and like uh, some of these up sketches are being edited up until the night they air, mm -hmm. you know? So every week, 10 years on a show. What Keenan is somebody like Keenan Thompson is an exception to the rule. 10 years is a fantastic tenure. at something like, uh, yeah. SNL, you know? Yeah. And it's just an amazing thing to like, just decide to leave. Yeah, I've you had know? enough. I've done what I set out to achieve. Yeah. That's really beautiful, for sure. Yeah. I love that for her. All right, so I'm going to weave you a tale involving uh, uh, U.S. corporate-backed coups, uh, uh, war crimes, 
uh, murder, and a whole lot of bananas. Okay. All right. All right. In 1823, John Quincy Adams convinces President James Monroe to enact the Monroe Doctrine, essentially saying that all of the Americas were closed to any colonizers. Um, but this was not wait, put, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Wait, we'll get on. there. <laughs> this, however, was not put into use until 1898 when Cuba requested the U.S.'s help in their fight for independence from Spain shortly after the U.S. won the Spanish-American War. Mm-hmm. In the following years, the U.S. became deeply entrenched in Cuban politics and economics. A lot of people thought that the U.S. should annex Cuba. However, then-President William McKinley said, nah, we can colonize better than that, and instead established a provisional government under the American military, or, uh, sorry, under an American military governor, and Congress passed the Platt Act, allowing the U.S. to act in Cuba and allowing the U.S. Navy to establish a presence in Guantanamo Bay. Okay, excuse me. Yes. I just wanted to point out that um, shout out to McKinley, one of the presidents who no one ever talks about anything that he did during his presidency. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, For sure. Like, I didn't even know really who the fuck is McKinley. I I, I just remember him from the rap that we were taught about the president's name. Well, did they talk about Chiquita Banana at all in that rap? No, it was just the list of the president's name. That's it. Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, Adams, Jackson, Van Buren, you know. No. Wait, there were two Adams? Yes. Wow. There's the Quin- John Quincy. Mm-hmm. And then wasn't there, just, wasn't it just like John Adams? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was yeah, like John right. Adams and then John Quincy Adams wow. or something like that. Yeah. I bet the Quincy guy was a. I bet he could fuck. You know uh, what I, I mean? I don't think so. With it. Uh, Look, maybe. so my mom's name is Nikita Williams, yeah. and my sister's name is Nikita Juanetta Williams, and I'm going to tell you which one of them currently, <laughs> currently fucks, dude. <laughs> is it your mom? It's the latter with the middle name. The oh. middle name's fuck. Where was I? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. All uh, right. Cuba. Cuba. That's where we were. Platt Cuba Act. and yes. the Platt Act. Mm-hmm. That allows the U.S. to legally act in Cuba, right? It also allowed the U.S. Navy to establish a presence in the Guantanamo Bay. Uh, after establishing political and economic reform, the U.S. pulls out of Cuba in 1902. However, political violence breaks out between Cuba's two main political parties, the moderates and the liberals, in 1906. Uh, leader of the moderate party and sitting presidente, Tomas Estrada Palma, was accused of using hired thugs to ensure his victory. The Liberal Party, who had been opposed to U.S. influence in Cuba, Cuban affairs, then called on the U.S. to ensure a fair race. But Teddy Roosevelt said, nah, we're good. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Sorry. Okay, wait. So yeah. what you're saying is, I just need, I just need to break Go this ahead. down. Yes. So basically, at the beginning of the story, the United States was like, hey, mm-hmm. we're not into colonizers correct and them encroaching upon other people's land yes so then when spain tried to get into cuba they were like hey spain was already in cuba okay so so basically cuba's trying to get independence for right so basically the u.s said if you're already set shop if you've already have shop set up here that's fine but no no new colonies in the americas Right. I see. I see. I see. Okay. I see. The Americas. The Americas. Yes. Not the Americas. The United the, the, States. Yes. 
Okay. Correct. Any other questions? No, I just needed to put that in layman's terms. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. Uh, the situation gets a lot worse uh, real fast. Wait, uh, wait, yes. pause. Just to catch us up to speed. Yes. So Tomas... Yes, um, he is the leader was, of the moderate party. Is running basically... U.S. corporate interest. Cuba person, yes. not Spain person. No, Cuba. Cuba is, person. Yes, he is. He was. Uh, I think he was uh, appointed by whoever the uh, American military governor was. Okay, and so who is he running against? Like they're trying to get a fair election, but I like, do not have who he was running against here. Okay, but it was a more liberal uh, party who was opposed to U.S. intervention, essentially. I see. Uh, and he was running on a pro-U.S. intervention platform okay so then who asked i'm sorry for asking no go ahead but that was very information heavy so then who asked the u.s to ensure a fair election was it tomas no it was it was the leader of the liberal party because tomas the leader of the moderate party was accused of using force to dissuade people from voting for the liberal party i see um, that is when the Liberal Party starts amassing an army of around 24,000 people against the moderate. And now the moderates begin calling for U.S. intervention. But again, our boy Teddy said, fuck that, not until the Liberal Party demilita- demilitarizes itself, which they refuse to consider unless the U.S. would step in. Let's see. So it's a Mexican standoff. I always wonder about the Cuban organization standoff. of these groups. Like... Like, just working in a corporate environment, I'm always like, you're saying people amass, like, a group of 24,000 people. Mm-hmm. This Fucking is pre-internet, logi- That's what I'm saying. Logistically, yeah. how? Yeah, it's- I can't organize 12 people to meet in room 502B. Like, I can't. I cannot wrap my I, head around that. I, that's insane. Um, yeah, no, it is absolutely fucking crazy. Um However, things get worse. Eventually, Roosevelt has literally no other option but to step in. And in September, uh, they send in the U.S. military uh, to force the resignation of Palma. And once again, establish a provisional government. Elections are held again, and the Liberal Party wins, and the U.S. pulls out in 1909. Okay. Well, I mean, I guess to the United States' credit, they tried to prop up a guy sympathetic to them it didn't fucking work out. And they kind of let sleep. And they dogs were like, lie. okay, well, let's back out. Uh, unfortunately, that trend does not <laughs> maintain. Yeah. Because in 1914, the Panama Canal is built. Uh, however, Haiti had a close relationship with Germany at the time, and this was in direct conflict with U.S. corporate interest. Haiti's like right there along the right. Panama Canal. Right. Um, the U.S. began making plans to interfere when political violence broke out against the ruling class in Haiti, which was primarily French. It was a French colony. Um, but by July 1915, during a populist uprising, U.S. Rear Admiral Caperton led five companies of soldiers to take Haiti. He did so without receiving any orders. Uh, and then despite having committed various war crimes, Woodrow Wilson retroactively approved the occup- occupation. A month later, Caperton appoints a puppet into the presidency and forced through a treaty that effectively made Haiti a U.S. colony. Yep. Uh, Caperton then spent the next year killing rebels trying to oppose the U.S. occupation. 
Uh, and then in the interest of time, uh, not wanting to repeat myself a whole bunch, I'll just say that they followed this playbook all over the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started invading, stomping it out any populist movements, and then stop propping up uh, pro-U.S. corporate interest leaders. Uh, in 1900, uh, while the while the U.S. is doing shenanigans in Cuba, a bunch of U.S. produce companies merged together to form the United Fruit Company. United Fruit Company then starts buying up land in Guatemala. By 1901, UFC owns one-fifth of all available farmland in Guatemala. And they also now control all the railways, radio, and even deliver the mail there in Guatemala. They're starting to act a lot like a government. Um, in fact, they even begin to establish their own towns, right? And that's another, that's another thing that's like just so fucked up about how colonialism works when it comes to capitalism too it's like because we okay i mean if you're if you're in a foreign country and you see these capital interests come into your country and basically take over all of the shit you're gonna feel like okay well like the united states is invading my country mm-hmm. or britain is invading my country mm-hmm. and then the united states or britain's like hey we have nothing to do with that that's fucking chiquita banana mm-hmm. and it's like bitch nah nigga that's like 100%. that's you though that's you because you're letting your people do whatever the fuck well they not only that do. but when they start as we'll see whenever they start to rail against that the u.s just calls socialism and then starts dropping bombs mm-hmm. um so they also they they don't just stop at the mail they establish entire company towns like they own they're the landlords that own your house they own the shops that you buy your necessities at and they don't pay you in money they pay you in credit for those things right yeah that's what a company town is the the ufc even had its own uh navy in the area that they referred to as the great white fleet which is hella appropriate at least it's very on the nose (laughs) and i respect that uh in 1928 colombian uh united fruit company employees go on strike their demands are simple a seven-day work week and to be paid with actual money uh so the u.s or the ufc turns to the united states and says, think of all the lost profit. I think these guys are commies. So the U.S. turns to the Colombian government, says, do something or I will. Uh, and then on December 5th of that year, the Colombian military moves in and kills everyone. An entire town. Man, Jesus women, and children. Um, nearly 2,000 nearly two thousand people died. Jesus. Um, in this uh, later... Uh, man, this is fucked up i cried when i was reading about this uh it would later become known as the banana massacre which is kind of a goofy name for such a terrible awful thing Um, you know i just want to say it's it's so neat the world that we live in where we would have something called the banana massacre yeah i i do appreciate that yeah like i guess yeah (laughs) crazy twisted world it is for sure um, it gets so much worse, though. In 1950, uh, in Guatemala, by 1950, USC owned 50% of all of the land in Guatemala. Not just farmland at this point. We're talking the entire island. Um, and here's the kicker. They weren't paying any. They were paying literally no taxes on it. Because when they had the land evaluated, 
they used their own private evaluator. Oh my god! And had it evaluated at essentially nothing. Yeah. So then, Presidente Jacobo Arbenz noticed this, and uh, he noticed that a lot of the land wasn't being used because UFC was just snatching it up to prevent their competitors from buying land. And so he wanted to take this land back and redistribute it amongst Guatemalan people. And of course, UFC does what it does. It went, you know, crying to, I think, uh, who was the president at the time? I don't, I don't have that. But they, they turned to the U.S. government and said, please think of all the dirty commies and their cultural Marxism, senpai, uwu. And then... <laughs> Did they really say it like yeah, that? Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Stacy will not be tolerating any of this nonsense. This podcast, guys. <laughs> they didn't just start there. Stop there, though. They also hired an entire PR team that was spearheaded by Sigmund Freud's nephew to uh, to create a newspaper in Guatemala to uh, create news stories tying our bends to a communist movement, which they then took to U.S. Congress as proof that our bends had ties to communism. Oh, it was Eisenhower. So then Eisenhower sends in the CIA. Okay. And at this point, the CIA has their shit down to a fucking science, right? So they just do their thing. They find a group of rebels who will take their fucking money, and they start to train them, right? Then they take all of the radio waves that's already owned by UFC and starts blasting anti-communist propaganda. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at that point... They've sufficiently stoked outrage against the, uh, or amongst the Guatemalans against the government. Um, and eventually the rebels move in on Arbenz in 1954. Uh, and Arbenz was forced to step down, allowing for the installation of Carlos Castillo Armas. Ooh, I nailed well. that one. <laughs> They're um, like, actually, his name is <laughs> Actually, his name is Steve. Armaze. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Um, and Arbenz lived, he had to free, flee Guatemala and he lived on the run until 1920 where he was found drowned in a bathtub. Which, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean. And it's oh. like, what led to that? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. Fucking um, good grief. God, I hate, oh, I hate our country. <laughs> I do. Oh, Armas was the sick. first in a long line of U.S. backed puppet leaders. And during the coup, casualties were low, less than 150 total deaths, which is, it was like a decade of fighting. Like, that's crazy. But this is like after they wiped out a whole town of people. Yes, absolutely. I think more importantly, though, it was essentially the death of any semblance of democracy in Guatemala. Uh, Their their democracy has not been the same since. It also sent sent a message to the rest of the Caribbean where Mm -hmm. if, if you try and take back control of your land, if you try and take back... Uh, control of your labor, you're going to get the boot. Yeah. And that's it. Um, now, you're probably thinking, Jesse, this was all really, really bad, but this is in the past. I mean, UFC doesn't even exist anymore. Also, this story isn't very funny. And you would be right, except for about the first part. Funny. I did have funny. <laughs> I absolutely had funny. You'd be right that this story isn't very funny. However, Somebody slipped on <laughs> and just wiped oh, out all of the I U.S. military. I did not even talk about that. That's a whole thing. 
So what? <laughs> is that how they? Is that was that what the banana massacre was? They and, had all these people slipping on bananas. Yes, Stacy. Yeah, that's that was the Guatemala like lemmings government. off a cliff. Yes. They just just let them straight into a field full of banana peels. Those banana <laughs> peels are still there to this day and occasionally kill people. It's really sad. That's not how banana peels work. Um, but in, in the uh, 1902 uh, World Trade Fair, when bananas were introduced. Right, mm-hmm. they were they were by far the most popular exhibit, uh, <laughs> which is really funny because the phone was also introduced <laughs> that year. But people were like, "Fuck Alexander Graham Bell! I'm about these bananas." Yeah, have you seen Alexander Graham Bell? <laughs> I would agree. No, Fuck they were absolutely man. right. And also the the first phone looked like a lot of work. You know what I'm definitely, saying? Definitely, definitely. It had all of these goddamn... It had a crank thing. What's up with that? And they they, they had transmitters. Yeah, like ladies sitting in booths being like, oh. You want to uh, you want to connect they to this? Also the had to pass Mrs. a law. Wait, what? The, tra- the marvelous Mrs. Maisel was a phone transmitter. That's true. Oh. They also had to pass a law in Chicago, I think, in the early 1900s, uh, because people were just throwing banana peels on the street, and these were like the extinct bananas, which were a lot actually slippery mm-hmm. and so like people were slipping on banana peels and like cracking their skulls. I, open. I, I, I <laughs> it was often, a real problem. I often think about like. You know, um, there's a lot of talk about third world countries and like, oh, it, they like shit in holes and it's dirty over mm. there. But it, like the way that America lived until fairly recently, recently, where they were just like, you know, where trash goes out the window. This is like the last hundred years, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, definitely. They um, also had that on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, the revolution of, of trash pickup. Yeah. Oh, huh. uh, yeah. No, it was. Thank God for the mafia. It, it took. It, and but that's the thing other countries didn't live that way mm-hmm. like other third world countries quote unquote aren't that fucking nasty no. dude like america's was disgusting. particularly fucking disgusting disgusting uh in 1978 ufc was purchased by a man named eli black um not long after that eli black fell from the 44th floor of a hotel balcony. <laughs> and a week after that, it was found that he had been paying off officials in uh, Honduras. He just, And so not long after that, he uh, fell uh, off a balcony. Is that the funny part? But yeah, wait, there's more. That was the funny part. Okay. The company rebranded again in 1984 to uh, Chiquita Banana. And uh, in 2007, it came out that uh, all through the 90s and through the early aughts, Chiquita Banana had been funding right-wing paramilitary Colombian death squads. Oh. Uh, And that is the story of why I don't eat bananas anymore. Mm. Dude, yeah, that shit is so fucking awful. Like, legitimately, it's fucking awful. And isn't wasn't that part of like like then they named the clothing line Banana Republic? Yes, that uh, I didn't it, even talk about that. Yeah, that's where the term Banana Republics come from. Yeah, comes as from. a nod to that, and it's yes. like then you had all the hottest kids from high school mm-hmm. <laughs> smelling like cologne, pimping out these fucking those fucking terrible outfits. Oh God, disgusting. a whole lot of beige. I remember a whole lot of beige. Mm, yeah, I remember a whole lot of those fucking. Shell necklaces. Oh, yeah, the puka shell necklaces. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Should I'd have. wear a puka shell necklace today. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's nobody I, I bet asked I'd look, you. I'd look pretty good with my backwards cap and my long hair and my puka shell necklace. I'd fuck me. Let's wrap this episode up, though. Yeah, let's um, But I wish I bananas. could remember what my story was last week. 
Well, I mean, because, I, if you because just edit it the tied podcast, into you'll know. your story. Oh, it was about uh, the turn of the freaking frogs gay. It was Alex Jones. Turning oh, the yeah. freaking frogs gay. Yeah, and how uh, that company went out of its way to bury the truth. Mm-hmm. Much like uh, the United Fruit Company, because that great white fleet that I talked about, right, mm-hmm. was used almost exclusively as a... Pro- it, well, I mean, it was also used to threaten, you know, yeah. uh, people trying to, you know, take back the means of production. But it was primarily used as a sort of cruise line to take people on these corporate-sponsored trips, not unlike the one Timu just got in trouble for, Mm -hmm. where they would have these uh, idyllic uh, coastal villages producing bananas Mm -hmm. for the the fucking company, and everybody's smiling. But in reality, you know, it's like seven-year-old kids losing their fucking limbs in the banana-dunking machine, and uh, it's it's fucking terrible. It's just insane... It's not even insane because it's the world we live in and I'm so aware Happy of it. Happy Labor Day, like, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I'm so aware of it, but it's like the things that we allowed corporations to do to other countries. And then and then for the right wing in America to be like so fucking anti-immigrant. And it's like all of these people's problems. Look, there's a quote that I heard a long time ago that I think extends past what the subject of the quote was. But the quote basically said, there is nothing wrong with the black community that the eradication of white supremacy will not correct. Word. And I believe that for every other fucking country. Like there is nothing wrong in South America that the eradication of all of the things that the United States did would not correct. Mm-hmm. So like these places weren't this way before our interference and you can't expect a like a government to stabilize itself if you take all of their fucking resources profit off of all those resources leave those people in abject terror and poverty and then you're like figure it out and communism is bad mm-hmm. <laughs> like there's no fucking way there's no fucking Definitely. way that shit is so fucking disturbing ugh I just want to say that's interesting how your story seemed like more funny and his seemed more bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that that. Jesse really cares. He just has a story he wants to tell. I I find a story I want to do and that's kind of the story. Why are you talking like you're from the East Coast today? I don't know. I do that. I slip into that sometimes (laughs) when I feel a little sassy. You've been listening to The Good, The Bad, and The Funny. The Good, The Bad, The Funny is hosted by Jesse McIntyre, Lynette Thomas, and Stacey Stark. Intro music by Jared Scott. Uh, For more, you can follow us on Facebook at The Good, The Bad, and The Funny. And if you have any suggestions for stories you'd like to hear on the podcast or any stories about some squirrels you saw, you can email us at goodbadorfunny at gmail.com. Everybody say bye! Bye! Bye!